you're listening to C to Z of Movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. With me is Cijan the Z. Hello, Cijan. Hey, Colin. Yeah, we were just talking. Well, before this podcast, <laughs> Colin and I were talking about all the films we've been missing uh, that we have missed in the past three months since the, out, mm. uh, since the pandemic started. And they were on our, our podcast uh, Excel spreadsheet, by the way, for those who think we do not, you know, plan yeah, our podcast. We, we, plan, we, plan, we, we plan kind of a year in, a, in advance, more or less, don't we? We do, yeah. yeah. We definitely do. Um, so we got all, yeah the start of the year. I I laboriously go through all the the film listings and look for the big ones and make some suggestions. And I send to Zijan and sometimes he replies. Um, <laughs> I tend to reply to most of them. <laughs> um, generally saying yes or, or or making a bid for an extra Pixar film. That tends to be the way of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that that kind of works. Yeah. Um, but no Tom Cruise films this year. Um, I think Top Gun was supposed to be this year, wasn't it? It was. Uh, I am still holding out for the other Pixar film to come out this year, uh, Soul. Soul, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we the last the last film we both saw in the cinema, I think, was Onward, which uh, was the other Pixar film. Um, oh, you've seen something else after that? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. Remember. I did. Yeah, I didn't really strike. It could be the last film I ever see at the cinema. Um, mm, unlikely. Pre- well, <laughs> that, that's a very good segue for the news section because. <laughs> All right, can I do the? Uh, can I do? The, sorry, sorry, sorry to ruin the segue, but I'm going to yes. do the old. Um, what's you can on do the, that or introduce. What's uh, on the menu we... today? Yeah, exactly. Um, so we're talking about the fourth installments of film franchises. There's quite a few of them out there. Um, we're talking about the films of Paul Giamatti, and we've got a quiz on films adapted from Thomas Harris books, um, which Tijan you assured me was the the Hannibal Lecter ones and others, but I'm pretty sure it's just the Hannibal Lecter ones. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And much, much more. Um, but before I interrupted you, th- there was going to be a beautiful segue. Yeah, Please, there go, was. Go, go for the segue. Yeah, speaking about the last film most people watched before the lockdown in the cinema, apparently it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Really? Well, to a lot of Americans, actually. And that is why Sonic the Hedgehog is getting a sequel. It's getting a sequel. Wasn't <laughs> Sonic last year? No. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Last year seemed like a long time ago. I thought, um, I thought was it, was it uh, what's the one with Vin Diesel? Blood, blood shot. Blood something. Ah. That was I thought that was the, the last big release that came out. He's a yeah. he 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 mends himself and he kills people. I can't remember the name. It could be um, that, but that, that was what the news I got. Um, okay. Um, it no, made over three hundred six million dollars in the global box office, so it definitely did make quite some money. So obviously, it's going to be a sequel coming yeah, out from Paramount. Too. Um, uh, Dave uh, Dave Park Froud, fr- uh, friend of yours, friend of mine, and fan of the show. Um, he has seen Sonic many times, apparently, because it is uh, one of his son's favourite films. There you go. Is it his favourite film now? Uh, um, yes, <laughs> yes. David is no longer a fan of uh, of of uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, no longer likes uh, Chinatown. No longer <laughs> likes The Shining. Uh, it's if for him, if he doesn't have a big blue hedgehog in it, it's not worth watching. That's a direct quote. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. Yeah, so Dave, you'll be delighted to know that Sonic Two is um, is uh, tearing its way towards cinemas. I'd like. Apparently, Sonic's not bad. Um, uh, after uh, the, I mean, after the bad, bad CGI trailer that they put out, um, mm, you yeah, get better, one. right? I guess. Uh, I'm I'm gonna watch it on Netflix. I think I'm gonna wait for it to come to Netflix. Assuming it comes to Netflix at some point. Oh. Sony haven't started a streaming service yet, have they? That's any matter of time. No, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Uh, mentioned Tom Cruise earlier we, uh, we know that he's making a film in space we don't know much more about it but we do now know that it's going to be directed by Doug Lyman um, who's huh. directed him in Edge of Tomorrow and American Made and has been involved in um, scripts for a few others as well uh, it, these days it seems a lot of um, Tom Cruise's stuff is, is either Doug Lyman or Chris McQuarrie um, he's, he's kind of his go-to guys yep. um, so it's not a big surprise I, th- I think we talked about this before I think it's a real shame that um, he doesn't work with more directors. You look back over his career, and he, he worked with all kinds of greats. Um, yes, Scorsese, Spielberg, uh, Ford, Francis Ford Coppola, all sorts. And and now he kind of works with his guys. Um, yeah. I guess they let him get away with a lot of stuff, though. He does. I'm pretty sure he has a lot of power or control in that. Yeah, movie. I think maybe maybe that's not the phrasing, but yeah, he he's certainly uh, heavily involved in the, in the making. And I think for this is not the film to bring on. Spielberg is all, all right. I think it's yeah. it's one where he'll want a lot of creative control and um, exactly and want to work with all he knows. But uh, so it's not 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 a surprise. But um, I really don't know what to expect from that. I think I mean, I'm I'm quite excited for it, but I, I have no idea what's going to happen. Well, who's funding it? That's probably my first question. Who's funding it? Um, well, 
maybe Elon Musk. I mean, it's, he's got enough money kicking around that it's a couple true. hundred million to make a film isn't going to work. Kind of, so. Yeah, it's kind of the thing that he wants to do anyway. Chump change. Yeah, you, this is this is not relevant, but uh, I've been watching Space Force on Netflix, which uh, is partially set in space but not filmed in space. Um, How is Steve it? Steve Carell plays a. It's uh, the same writers at the office as well, right? Mm, it's 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 quite fun. It's not. I don't know. It's, it's a huge budget. It looks like, but it, it doesn't seem to know what it wants. It, it's it's kind of is it a satire? Is it just a straight up comedy? Is it a um, kind of hero's journey? Or it seems to be kind of a weird mix of them all. But yeah, it's quite nice. Mm, fair enough. Speaking about Tom Cruise, um, <laughs> I, I say speaking about Tom Cruise because uh, he always reminds you me always of are. The, <laughs> no, because he reminds me of the mummy every single time. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, back to the whole Universal Dark Universe, uh, the Wolfman was supposed to be in the lineup of this whole Dark mm. Universe that they were trying to tout. Uh, it's back on the line, but now with Ryan Gosling to star in a Wolfman remake. Yeah, which is... um. Interesting, because obviously they've had, they've had a bit of a hit with the Invisible Woman, uh, particularly critically. Yes, it's gone down very well. And the very... Invisible Man, right? So yes, the Invisible Man. Yes, but there was yep. there was talk of doing an Invisible Woman spin-off, wasn't there? But uh, yes. yes, Invisible Man. Um, and I, d- yeah, I don't know anything about the budget for this one, but I'm hoping that they're going to do the same thing and kind of go rel- relatively low budget and uh, just get a good storyteller. Yeah. Apparently, it's going to um, Nightcrawler is the is the the film that's been talked about in relation to this. I'm doing a kind of Nightcrawler style. I don't uh, mind that. I quite like. I enjoy Nightcrawler. Mm, great um, film. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, it'd be good to see Ryan Gosling uh, again. He's been choosing very good films um, as of late, so I don't see why this would be bad. Only the fact that it's Universal and it's the Dark Universe, and we all love that. Given how yeah. well <laughs> the Mummy was, uh, yeah. I no, think they've learned the lessons, which is I unusual so. for a movie studio, but they seem to have learned the lessons. Yeah, um, I didn't know that the original Wolfman was like in 1941. It's real. Yeah, most of these are. I mean, that's probably one of the later ones. Is I don't know. Most there's this whole huge run of of um, what's movies like the the swamp was it the creature from the Black Lagoon or whatever it is and um, Bride of Frankenstein all these things that I have no interest in whatsoever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I it's interesting because uh, particularly if it's low budget, they'll probably go more horror with it. Like Would you watch proper. it though? Well, that's the thing. I think if it's if it is full-on horror, which I think it probably will, and one of the criticisms of the Mummy is that it wasn't scary at all. Um, one of the many criticisms. I, I don't think I go and watch a full-on horror. I mean, I didn't watch The Invisible Man, for example. Um, but if it's, yes, yeah, so it probably not. I guess probably not. Oh. Um, uh, Henry Cavill is in talks to return as Superman. Um, I thought he was under contract, but there you go. Um, <laughs> Who knows what's going on there? But uh, not sure yet whether they're apparently not talking about a Man of Steel two at this stage. So it would be either um, smaller parts or team up type things. Um, it's, I'm just fascinated by where the DC universe goes from here because uh, they've the last three films. I'm, I don't think I'm missing any. Um, no, not the last two because Birds of Prey was rubbish. But uh, Wonder Woman, uh, Shazam, and uh, Aquaman. Aquaman. I think all all did what they were aiming to do. I mean, Aquaman's just absolute nonsense, but that's what it was just going for. I think they've so I think they've been all successful on their own terms to to a certain extent, uh, or, or to a great extent in, in the case of Wonder Woman. So after after some really shocking stars, I think they've kind of figured out what they're doing. Um, but where does this where where does Superman fit into that? How much are they gonna? Uh, how much are they gonna kind of put it in continuity with? Things like Justice League, um, Batman v Superman. Is it? Are they? Are they doing a soft reboot or are they kind of? So who knows what's going on with all that? I don't think they. I mean, it feels like maybe they've got some a bit more direction than they had when they were just throwing ideas at a wall, uh, which seemed to be all they were doing for a few years. I think Henry Cavill can make a really good Superman. I, I think Henry he's... Cavill can make a very good hmm. uh, Superman. He does have the physicality of it. Mm. <laughs> so long as he just doesn't brood all the time. Yeah, and he's charming, and, and, and yeah, he's he's got that yeah, he can do the brooding but I think he can do the optimism and he hasn't had his great film yet I don't think um, no I know apparently what they do um, when when the people are auditioning for Superman yeah. is they dress them in the Christopher Reeve suit from the 70s and if they don't look really stupid they're like okay we can move them on to the next stage <laughs> <laughs> Because um, uh, most people just look like a complete buffoon. But I've seen pictures of Henry Cavill in that suit, and yeah, he looks good. 
So. Ah, that's, that's very clever. Um, yeah, but Henry Cavill has never been officially out, though. Not like Ben Affleck, so... No, no. And he, he's... Unlike a lot of people, I guess, he, he really is a geek and loves Superman and loves uh, all the comics and stuff. Yes. And so he really wants to do a good job with this. It reminds me of Andrew Garfield, I suppose. He was a huge Spider-Man fan himself and just never got a chance to do a really great super, uh, Spider-Man film. Um, so yeah, he's hoping. He's hoping. Oh, well. Um, speaking of, uh, well, Superman anyway, the, the Snyder Cut, uh, which mm. is touted to be out. Uh, apparently in a Twitter picture, he reviewed Darkseid. Uh, did. to, yeah, to come that. out in one of uh, in the Snyder Cut so Darkseid is touted as one of the big bads uh, for the Justice League and he was supposed to make an appearance in obviously the Justice League film but he didn't especially since the guy the bad guy in Apocalypse uh, in Justice League Steppenwolf <laughs> Steppenwolf Steppenwolf yeah Steppenwolf is supposed to serve Darkseid mm. so it's quite disappointing for a lot of people that he didn't show up at all So, but apparently he will in the yeah. Snyder Cut yeah, yeah he's teased a few things I think Things that were probably guessed or already known. But so um, there's one character I can't remember. He's some some guy in the army uh, who's going to turn out to be Martian uh, Manhunter. Yeah. Um, so they've they've uh, they've slipped that through as well. Uh, yeah. So apparently, so this HBO Max, which apparently doesn't exist yet, I think, or maybe it doesn't exist here. So I'm still not quite sure how we're getting it. But uh, uh, I'm interested. And now that David Ayer is doing, um, having said he doesn't doesn't need a Suicide Squad cut he's now seems to be pushing it more and more on Twitter as well so oh okay yeah, it's not like I, we watch it anyway so I don't think I don't think that's happening well actually so um, from from I follow him on Twitter now and, and seeing the stuff he's saying it feels like he actually that the final Suicide Squad film was so completely different to what he'd filmed that um, that maybe there is a good feel under it but who knows oh. uh, Paul Feig or possibly Feig I think it's Feig um, is bringing The School for Good and Evil to Netflix um, which is I think a film a film a, a well I believe a film um, a school of good uh, kind of good and evil superheroes so it sounds a bit like Sky High in some ways okay um, I don't know much about it but Paul Feig obviously um, uh, mostly does comedy he's best known I guess for, for Bridesmaids and um, Ghostbusters maybe Ghostbusters reboot but he's uh, directed a lot of Office episodes as well and uh, very, very talented director. So I don't, don't have anything else on that, but it sounds uh, intriguing. Ah, yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I've got Avatar 2 is now starting finish uh, filming again in New Zealand. Mm. Uh, this, the, so they'll, be, they'll enter a two-week quarantine period first before production restarts. But New Zealand, as we all know, is probably one of the safest countries out there right now. Um, that's probably why um, they are quite uh, willing to continue filming there at the moment. And apparently, um, apparently, the people in New Zealand aren't very happy though, because there's a ban on anyone entering the country apart from essential services, and uh, uh, 56 crew members, including James Cameron, have been given an exception to that. <laughs> of course, they are. Mm. Uh, uh, for those who don't know, Avatar 2, which m- may be called Avatar: The Way of Water, uh, oh, yes. and the producer John Landau confirmed the story. It's um, it's the story of the Sully family. And what one does to keep their family together, which doesn't give a lot away. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Are they going to expect us to remember what happened in Avatar? Uh, I hope not. <laughs> well, it's not that difficult, is it? Like, especially the end. You know what happens in the end? They the, fight off. Giovanni they fight off the bad guy, and Sam Worthington's character became an actual Avatar, and then he and uh, Zoe Saldana's Avatar, well, the alien creature, live together happily ever after. Oh, that was totally good. No problems there then. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, good luck to him. Um, J.K. Simmons will be appearing in multiple Spider-Man sequels. Yeah. Um, Sign on for which is great news. He's he's great. Uh, it was so. F- I would say I, I thought Far From Home is great, but um, the best moment for me was when he suddenly appeared in the mid-credits. I'd uh, love to see that. Love to see more of him. Love to see that Spider-Verse that I'm clinging on to. Um, <laughs> Desperately. Desperately, um, I mean, who knows? It could be he could even have gone through from a parallel dimension. It could be the same one as in the, the Raimi. Who knows, Sijan? Who knows? Ah, it is totally on the on the side anyway. But in an interview, J.K. Simmons said that his career plan now is to play the father of every handsome blue-eyed movie star, start named Chris. <laughs> so currently, he's sharing the screen with Chris Evans in defending Jacob on Apple oh, yeah. TV, and he's recently finished a film uh, playing Chris Pratt's dad. 
So he said okay. that. Oh yeah, he's telling Chris Pine he's available now to be his dad. Nice. Oh, very good. Well, very there good. you go. Uh, <laughs> so many Chris's out there. So mm. many Chris's out there. Um, there is a Labyrinth sequel in the works. Oh yeah. With uh, Scott Derrickson out there to direct. So Scott Derrickson, who was recently uh, removed from Doctor Strange too, um, um, is out now for is ready to direct this sequel to Jim Henson's film in 1981 have you seen Labyrinth? I've not seen Labyrinth but it's got a cult following it's mm, I've seen bits of it it was uh, supposed to be really uh, it was a box office flop when it came out I hear was it? Was yeah it? it earned uh, like 12.7 million against a 25 million budget I threw it down as well huh? oh, good work yeah it started a very young Jennifer Conner- Connolly mm, and of course uh, David Bowie David Bowie um, yeah I, I know Jim Henson was a genius but uh, I, whenever there's Jim Henson puppets in a in a non Muppet thing, or they always feel a bit out of place to me, because hmm. there's some Jim Henson stuff in in Star Wars, I think. Oh, are they? In the yeah, um, in the original, and it always seems kind of a uh, what's a Muppet doing it? <laughs> uh, Karen Gillan is never out of the news at the moment. Her career is going uh, great guns, uh, and she and Aquafina will be uh, teaming up again. Uh, for a film called Shelley, which is a hit woman comedy. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if they're both playing hit women. Uh, they probably are. Um, but yeah, I will watch that pairing. Yeah, I thought Ocarina was great in uh, in the new Jumanji, as was Karen Gillan. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of hers. I've, in fact, I've just been... One of the things I've been doing in lockdown is watching through the new... Um, well, the new the, the, the Doctor Who series that started in 2005. And I just uh, yesterday made it to the end of the, the Karen Gillan run. Um and it's as good as I remember it. It's great. I still have not seen Doctor Who yet. No, it's on Netflix. You can get on it. <sighs> I don't know. Why do I start? There's so many. Uh, I would say you can easily start um, with Matt Smith. So I think that's series... It's either five or six, I can't remember now. Five, uh, I think. Yeah, series five. Uh, that's where I started back in back when it was on. Well, it still is on. But, uh, that's where I started on, on TV. So um, many. I mean, so the David Tennis stuff is great as well, but you can, you can jump in with Matt Smith and you'll be... Everything needs to know. Okay. Uh, my last bit of news is that Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, which is not crying from, has been moved to April 2021 as a release date. Hmm. It's supposed to come out this year. Um, it's a time traveling horror movie, and it's, well, yeah, I haven't seen an Edgar Wright film for a while. Is it, now, is it so. time traveling? Apparently, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. And your Taylor Joy. See, because that I probably will watch just because I, I love Edgar Wright so much that I'm willing to watch a horror film for him uh, if he's directing it. I'll, I'll probably be scared out of my mind. But, uh, <laughs> it, I feel like he won't just do a bunch of jump scares, though. That is, I mean, he'll probably do some. But I, I feel hate like jump scares so much. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. But I feel... He's, he, I mean, if Edgar Wright's making it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be good. But I just might be watching it through my fingers. Ah. Um, yeah, last bit for me is um, just confirmation that James Mangold is directing Indiana Jones Five, which, uh, which I think we already it's one of those things that everyone knew as true, but no one had quite confirmed it. Well, now they have. He's doing it. Uh, we move on then to our segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we've recently seen and tell you the listeners should see or not Z them. Cutting down for times, I'm running through that as quick as I can. <laughs> uh, I saw The Lovebirds. Me too. Are we going to talk about the lovebirds together? Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> like a bunch of lovebirds. Like a bunch of lovebirds. lovebirds. <laughs> which, which is about as much to do with lovebirds as the film is. It's a terrible title. It really is. It really is. It doesn't, the, the title doesn't give anything away of the film whatsoever. It, it's got nothing, to, apart from uh, towards the end, one guy goes and like, oh, you two lovebirds over there. And it's like, is no. this just because someone realised they hadn't mentioned it yet and they had to like chuck it in? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so it follows a couple uh, who are on the verge of breaking out or they broke up uh, but then they go on a run after witnessing a murder and on Netflix right now it stars um, oh no I didn't put who <laughs> who was in it Kumail, Kumail Nanjiani, Nanjiani and Issa Rae Issa Rae yes um, yeah it's uh, supposed to be I don't even know what this film is supposed to be that's the problem uh, I think mm. I think uh, I have issues with watching with this film like um, I'm not sure whether it's supposed to be a rom-com it's supposed to be a pure comedy because uh, if it was a pure comedy I didn't find it particularly funny yeah. in any way yeah. or any shape or form <laughs> you know I thought I was going to watch something light-hearted I just it was 
it took me quite a while to drag myself through that thing. Yeah, I, I, I think I mean I didn't, I didn't feel it quite that bad, but yeah, it it didn't feel like it knew what it was. It was, I think for me it was a kind of it was a showcase of two very funny actors, but just with a pretty average at best script. Um, so I think they did the best they could with the material they had, but yeah, it's just it's quite a heightened comedy, but doesn't yeah you're not sure what the point was it reminded i don't know if you saw date night on steve crowd and tina fey it was quite yeah. similar to that in some ways i suppose yeah it feels similar to that i would just say that if people want to watch something like this you should watch game night because that's much better mm. oh yeah that's a good point actually it's quite similar to game night is much much better film than i guess yeah. it's actually very funny game night yeah because i said there were, there were a few laughs in this but also some very brutal i mean not it's not gory or something but there's a lot of deaths and stuff so anything oh, and then, but but then some of it, like at one point he gets kicked by a horse and he's basically fine. And you think, well, what you do? Yeah, uh, what's what, what's this film aiming for? But it's directed by the same guy who directed The Big Sick, and it's it's a lot worse than that. So. Uh, but Kumail and Jani has definitely buffed up since The Big Sick, though. He has, he has. Although he wears jumpers in this one, so I guess he's not supposed to be buff in this. But he must, I guess, it must have been around the time of filming Eternals. So. Yeah, this is insane. He 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 has definitely. <laughs> um. So, do you think our listeners should should see it or not? Is it? No, no. Watch Game Night. Game, Game Night, Night is the much more superior film. Even Date Night is not a great film. Steve Carell and Tina Fey. I don't think that's no, great. I, I no, love it's... Steve Carell and Tina Fey, and that was just not great. Either. It's a bit. Yeah, it's got a good cast, but nothing much. Um, I, I also watched uh, Scarface. So I'll mention that. Um, kind of absolute cult classic. Al Pacino. Uh, playing Scarface, uh, um, who is oh, is a Cuban you know, immigrant into America, who who kind of builds up to become uh, the head of a of a drug um, empire, I suppose. Uh, it's I'd never seen it. Obviously, um, it's very well known. Say hello to my little friend and all this and all the uh, cocaine scenes and stuff. But um, it's it's long, and it feels quite long. <laughs> um, it I. Well, on release, I, I, I was looking on Wikipedia. On, on release, it wasn't very well received, and it's kind of built up this this cult following. But it's it's very violent. It's it's um, lots of shooting, obviously, and, and deaths. Um, and Al Pacino's good. He chews the scenery a bit, but he, he's larger than life. But it, it doesn't seem to have much of a point to it, other than let's look at these cool ways a guy can shoot another guy, uh, or generally lots of other guys. So I can see why it's become a cult favorite because it looks good. And the set's incredible because he becomes incredibly rich and has these massive houses and like, swimming pools in the well, not swimming pool, but a large bath in the living room and all this kind of stuff. And and the set's incredible. But um, if it's trying to say anything about I don't know the immigrant experience or or drugs or violence or anything, then I'm, I don't think it succeeds. So mm. um, I think it's it's worth watching if you're a, a lover of of film history. And I think it's important, or it's maybe not important, but it's a key part of film history because it's, it is so uh, well known and, and well loved by many but um, I wouldn't necessarily seek it out it's on Netflix soon I think I, I bought the DVD a while ago but um, I think it's coming on Netflix later this month oh fair enough so, uh, I always find because he does this Cuban accent I really struggle to understand him to begin with and it and becomes less strong as the film goes on I think or maybe I, I became more attuned to it don't you watch the subtitles Colin I I really don't like watching films with subtitles, so I, I put them on for a bit, but I, I really don't like doing it it's just just because it kind of it preempts what's going to happen. It's in just... in some ways it does, but sometimes it allows you to capture dialogue that you wouldn't otherwise. Though. Yeah. So I, what I did was without subtitles, and if I miss something, I go back and watch it. With, watch that bit with subtitles, which wasn't very often as the film moved on. But mm. no, they really bug me, um, unless it's like a, um, like a different language, in which case it's. Yeah. I'm, I'm the complete uh, opposite like I I, uh, I love subtitles like, and I think I tend to read them the same time as the person say it so I don't okay. read it at once and things like that so I look forward to our subtitles versus not episode as we <laughs> scrape the barrel as this lockdown continues <laughs> uh, uh, We move, speaking of scraping the barrel we move on to our main topic of the day fourth installments in franchises um, so I've did... been googling it apparently it's called a tetralogy not a quadrology as I said last uh, week but is that not the name for the all four like you, you call it tetralogy if there's if of the four films but the fourth one isn't called that is it is it not i just wouldn't have thought so not. i mean a trilogy isn't the third film is it? it's, it's all three films hmm. 
So is, what is the word for the fourth one? I don't know. Um, the fourth one. Let us know at cedarsandmovies <laughs> at gmail.com if you're an etymologist. Um, let us know what is the name for a fourth film. Uh, shall I kick us off? Why yeah, not? Yeah, you should go. Because I, I spent my own money, Zijan, getting Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, um, so that I could watch and report back. Uh, it's Christopher Reeve's uh, final Superman appearance. It is um, widely regarded as his worst, but I am here to tell you, Zijan, controversially perhaps, that it is not his worst uh, uh, Superman film. Which one was um, it? It is his third worst Superman film. It's not as bad as Superman 3. Uh, in my view so Superman 4 uh, incredibly low budget so that the rights have been bought by this basically cowboy studio um, not not as in the film westerns as in the uh, you know you know cowboy builders basically they're just cheap jokers um, they managed to get back Christopher Reeve and Gene Hackman and uh, Margot Kidder who plays Lois Lane uh, and basically all, all the main cast but um, they filmed I can't remember where they filmed it now Somewhere in England, I think. So, um, for example, there's a, there's a film, there's, a, there's a part of the film where they're outside the UN building. Yeah. Um, oh yes, yeah, so, uh, and rather than film outside the UN building, they filmed it in a trading estate in Milton Keynes, um, which shows you everything, everything you need to know. So um, the effects are terrible <laughs> uh, when he's flying around. It looks so bad. Um, yeah, it's really bad. But the reason I think it's better than the third one is I think it's it's. Um, more or less true to the characterization. I think he, he, Christopher Reeves puts in another great performance. Um, the third one became this kind of Richard Pryor comedy vehicle and just completely out of sync with what Superman is. So I think it's just a shame that they didn't get the budget for this one because it could have been, it could have been a fitting end if they'd managed to get some proper money behind it. I think. So are you saying it's money well spent then? Uh, well, for, for the small amount of money they spent on it, I suppose it killed the Superman franchise for. Uh, uh, I mean, it basically, did I suppose it? It came out in, I think, late seven, maybe seventy nine, something like that. Seventy mm. nine, um, and then, uh, no, so no, it came out in the eighties, mid eighties, um, and then Batman nineteen eighty nine came out. So it must yeah, it must be late eighties, and then Batman eighty nine came out a year or two later and just changed the game, and killed off Superman for a long time. Yeah, um, but yeah, I thought the thing I said Zijan would be fun just uh, to to rank where these fourth form films come in the first four, and uh, I'm going to say third for this one. Um, you don't need to bother watching it to be honest. Oh, this okay. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, completists only. I think uh, Superman one and two are worth watching. But so when when we started, so I was starting doing the list. I may have misheard what you said about this oh, yeah. last week. Oh, are we supposed to be looking at films with only four entries in it or more than four entries and we're just looking at the fourth film in it? Uh, yeah, it can be more. Yeah. Uh, so I've only picked out the films with only four entries in it. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's fine anyway So because we can still talk about them because they still count. Yep. And I'm going yep. to talk about Toy Story 4 or not talk much about it because we spoke about it before in our podcast actually. Sure. <laughs> Which <laughs> I'm going to direct it to. Uh, Colin Lex's uh, Toy Story uh, mm. a lot more than I did. Um, I didn't because I didn't think he needed Toy Story 4 in the first place. Uh, I thought Toy Story 3 was a much better and a more fitting end to the whole Toy Story franchise at any rate. Uh, yeah, um, so Toy Story 4 I thought was unnecessary and more of a cash grab for Pixar, in my opinion. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty much my opinion. And if you want to hear more from me, you can listen to our previous podcast. And I won't repeat myself either, except to say I think I said it was the second best of the Toy Stories and I'll stick to that uh, controversial claim. Yep, and for me, I like the Toy Story series like Pi 3142. <laughs> In that order. That's, that's good. I like that. Um, <laughs> I think it's better than two. Yeah, for, I mean, I said so I, but... Um... I'm not a fan of two. Two... I know people like 2 a lot because of the whole sentimental song, you know, with uh, Jessie and, you know, about her being left alone and mm, all that. Mm. Yeah, but that didn't move me at all, really, to be fair. I, I don't relate to toys as much as I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Yeah, I find them as, a, they're just a toy. So, if you get rid of them or you give them to charity, it's just, it's oh, just it's a easy. toy. You're breaking my heart. I know, I'm breaking all my toys' hearts as well when they yeah. hear this. <laughs> when they come alive at night. Yeah, they're like he does what? He doesn't care. Um, yeah, no, I think as I, I always say every time Toy Story three comes up, but um, he's, he's trying to do the same thing that the house at Pooh Corner is doing, but it's not doing it as well. Um, 
Let's go for Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, then. I'll, tr- I'll try and cover the ones that have got more than four installments in them. Between yes, please, because we'll, uh, I don't have them. We'll, we'll take them up. Um, so this was... Uh, well, they're all fourth, but this was J.J. Um, Abrams' first uh, f- first live-action film. Is that true? First live-action film. Wait a minute. Was this from Brad Bird? Oh, forget it. I should have done some research. Um, I think remember J.J. Abrams did Mission Impossible 3 and Brad Bird did 4. Yes. But this, this, this is um, this is where they first figured out Mission Impossible, I think, as as this team dynamics. Obviously, Tom Cruise is, is still the lead, but uh, having done three Mission Impossible films, they're all quite different to each other. Um, the fourth one, I think, is where they found their groove. It's got some amazing scenes. So running down the Burj Khalifa is the one that uh, everyone remembers. Everyone knows. Yep. So I think it was. It also kind of um, kind of pioneered the. Um, really big stunt. I mean, I suppose obviously the very famous um, from the first film where he goes uh, down from the ceiling, but it's very famous. But it's not kind of quite the same, almost newsworthy stunt because I mean that, that this film is sold on the basis of the Burj Khalifa, yeah, uh, definitely, thing, wasn't it? And that's the kind of thing they've carried on, um, clinging on to the edge of an aeroplane, halo jumping, uh, and whatever else they do next time, um, and all the helicopter stunts and all this, but. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think this is the best of the first four. In fact, I probably think it's the best of the series. Uh, the first one is great. The third one is the third one did a great job in kind of getting it back on track because the second one was was awful. Um, although the, again, the uh, the, the um, rock climbing thing was was great. Uh, but yeah, this is I think the first time where they really figured out the team. They got Jeremy Renner in. They got Simon Pegg. Perhaps Simon Pegg in the last one, but they kind of got Simon Pegg onto the team. Uh, and uh, if you haven't seen Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which you almost certainly have, check it out. I forget Jeremy Renner was in it as well. Yeah, he, he did a couple, didn't he? He did the fifth yeah. one as well, I think. And then I think they said, I think he had film commitments probably with an Avengers film, uh, so he could do a bit. And they said, we want to kill you off. And he said he wasn't going to come in to be killed off. <laughs> so I think, I think, which me, I think because he still hopes to be in it later. But this is, this is a weird time, actually, because this was. Um, when Tom Cruise's star was really on the wane, I think people uh, he'd had the whole Katie Holmes thing, and, and he was quite unpopular. Yes, um, and they kind of teeing up Jeremy Renner to replace him in the franchise. Yes, um, just like they did in the Bourne franchise without any success. Uh, and this, maybe I guess this kind of helped put him back on the map, maybe because this was this was a big success. Hmm. Uh, next on my list is something we both do not like is the Hunger Games mm. part 4 well there is a part 4 that's the thing so mm. this, this so there was a time when a lot of films were following the Harry Potter formula so yes. Harry Potter took the last book and instead of filming it putting that into one film they split out into two separate films and I think a lot of um, <laughs> a lot of other series decided to take a leaf out of that book really <laughs> mm. um, Twilight did that um which was awful. Um, right. Because most of the time, you do not have enough story to fit two films. No. <laughs> at all. Di- Divergent did it and they never even got to make the last one. Exactly. And that's the same with the Hunger Games as well because ultimately, there, there just isn't enough plot in it. So you'll, find, you'll end up with one film being lacking um, and one film being extremely rushed in the end. And that's what happened with like both, I guess, probably speak about the Twilight Nights because there's the fourth one as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah, in, in the series. So in the Hunger Games, for example, and I know both of us hated the ending of the Hunger Games in the books as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, they they split the last book. So the first part was Katniss in hiding um, before trying to um, invade the, the main district, District 1, I think. And then the second part was... Probably the, the capital, whole, was it? The, the capital? capital, yeah. And then the second part was basically just the whole invasion of the capital and what happened was that the first part of it was just infinitely dull <laughs> I, so, I must admit I never watched the fourth one um, I don't think I made it all the way through the third one yeah so, because it was so, so boring bored. nothing yeah. happens that's the thing nothing happens because in the book alone you need the first part and the second part for there to be yeah. something <laughs> to happen <laughs> yeah. it, it's so by splitting out to two bits it just does the the film's no favour whatsoever um, um, much though so I loved the the first film I loved the first well the first book um, I say like, like you I really didn't like the ending but um, 
But let's be honest, The Hunger Games is no Harry Potter. These are not characters that have that same depth and emotional resonance, I think. So whereas uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1 got away with doing a even i mean it was i think some people found it quite dull i, I didn't i thought i thought it works but um but that's because we know and love these these characters i katniss is, is a decent character but i don't i don't yeah gail and peter and whoever else i just don't care well um, peter was stuck in bed for a long time wasn't he yes he was he was yeah and then gail killed prim what was that all about anyway uh anyways still, uh, still in the, <laughs> if i have to rank this three is still the worst but four is okay. close, second worst. but that's the thing because nothing happens in three yeah, fair enough. Um, here's a little quiz question for you, Zijan. Okay. I'm not sure I would have got this right. I had to look it up. Um, what is the fourth James Bond film? Whew. I don't even know who was the James Bond, the fourth James Bond film. Uh, it was still Sean Connery. Oh. Uh, the film, I'll tell you, um, it was uh, Thunderball. Huh. I wouldn't uh, know that. No, so, I, so the first one was actually... Doctor No, then uh, from Russia with Love, then it was Goldfinger, which is where they really figured out James Bond. I think so. A lot of the stuff, the the, um, the gadgets, the the, the, the one liners, the, the henchmen, the weird evil villain, um, a lot of that. I mean, I guess some of it was already there, but a lot of that kind of got cemented in in Goldfinger. Um, Thunderball is the next one, and let me tell you, Zijan, it has not stood up well. It's um. <laughs> I think it's it's got its fans, but I, I I watched it only once a few years ago. But I found it incredibly slow moving. There's um there's an underwater fight where they're in uh, scuba suits, and I don't know how long it really is, but it felt like it was about forty minutes of people slowly uh, throwing stuff at each other underwater. It's it really drags. I mean, so, which is surprising because I say Goldfinger is a, is was a huge success. They really got it right for that one, um, and then. Thunderball, not so much. So I'd say it's probably the fourth. I think it's probably the worst of the first four. Uh, I would, I would probably say. Um, so I think Goldfinger are definitely the best. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the worst of them. Hmm. Um, interestingly, uh, if you've ever seen Never Say Never Again, um, which is the, the famously the James Bond film that was not made by Eon, so it's not an official James Bond film, but it was uh, somehow they managed to get the rights, um, and they brought back Sean Connery when he was much, much older. Uh, it's based on the same book. Uh, so it's the same part by Thunderball, and my 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 other controversial opinion for for the podcast, Ijan, uh it's better. It's better than Thunderball. Fair enough. <laughs> Come at me, James Bond fans. Ah, uh, speaking of four films which are the worst, okay, <laughs> in the list, I I've got going. Ba- Batman and Robin. Oh, I didn't know it was going, but yeah, that's fine. yeah. good old Batman. The worst. And Robin. Yes, I think no arguments from anyone there. Uh, no arguments there whatsoever. Yeah, the Batman credit card which you love so much, Colin. <laughs> yeah, that that pretty much you know ended the whole Batman series mm. for them, and it took at least a decade before Christopher Bill came back up with his own Batman yeah, begins yeah, yeah. to reinvigorate re- 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 sure the whole it's, series. It's again. always I'm not sure it was a decade. I think it was maybe eight years, but it, it's always a lot closer than I think. Looking back, how they they turned it around. Was it? I, think, oh. I think Batman Robin was '97, um, which and uh, Batman Begins was 2005, I think. But because um, it it feels so like completely different eras, doesn't it? Uh, it feels like they're a long, long way apart. It's but. so different. I mean, like even within the films, the first four itself, they feel very different. The Batman Robin definitely stands mm. out as completely different from the other three. Yeah, it's interesting because you can kind of with the third one, there was quite a dramatic change when Tim Burton stopped making them. Uh, and Joel Schumacher yes. but yeah this this is I say, this is a, a a jump further from that um, what, was your, what do you think is the worst part of Batman and Robin what like Mr. Freezer's puns oh, that's pretty bad isn't it uh, uh, I think Uma Thurman might be the worst part as Poison Ivy she's so bad but then the back credit card's also really bad <laughs> summer, summer is the choose from um, it's awful it's awful anyway um, if I want to rank the first four Batman it should be one two three four yeah, I don't. I I might go one three two four because I I think when it was Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones, I I quite like. It was it's very very different to the previous ones, but I I really don't like Batman Returns when it's. Um, I like Michelle Pfeiffer though. I think Michelle oh. Pfeiffer is great as Catwoman. I just I I think we've talked about this before, but I, I have a real problem with this this trope, I guess. Of ah. um, she hits her head, she kind of has this brain damage effect, and that makes her sexy. I I find that <laughs> such a, such a weird 
misogynistic wrong thing um, which uh, no, no one else I've ever spoken to seems to care <laughs> so maybe it's just me but I just find that such a weird thing <laughs> Rocky 4 Rocky 4 um, if you're listening Richard and I think you're probably not um, you're a big fan of my friend Rich you're a big fan of Rocky 4 to the extent that you gave me a poster of it uh, once because you know that I'm not uh, a huge fan of it uh, I have watched it again recently and it's not as bad as I remember but um, have you ever seen any of the Rockies Ejan? Uh, no, I've no. only watched Creed. Yeah, that's the thing. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, of course. Um, so I won't run through them all then. But Rocky Four is the one where he fights a Russian. Um, a lot of people love it. I think it does have some some classic stuff. And his, his training montage in the snow of Russia is great. Um, uh, Ivan Drago is, is is a good character. This kind of just huge genetically modified, effectively, um, in a lab, uh, man mountain. Um, and, and he kills Apollo Creed and, and there's some great bits and some of the songs are great as well the music cues are terrible um, but the songs are good um, my problem with it though is the robot um, <laughs> I've said this before I'll say it again I'll say it with my last breath on my deathbed I'll be moaning about the robot in Rocky 4 um, so Rocky buys Paulie a robot uh, who then falls in love with him it's so far from what Rocky should be <laughs> um, it's just mad uh, so for that reason, it's my least favorite of the first four Rockies. It is a lot better than Rocky Five. I am trying to guess which one you were thinking that I was going to say as the worst fourth film ever. Um, so oh, yeah. I'm going to hazard a guess now. Is it Indiana Jones? It was Indiana Jones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, I have not watched the film, but right. I've heard about the aliens. Yes. And the hiding in the refrigerator, yes, thing that caused a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of people not liking this film at all. And it, why is Indiana Jones fighting aliens anyway? Why is how well, are the aliens in Indiana? So Jones? I'm going to defend this film. I always defend this film. Um, I'm not saying it's great. I think there's some good moments. But is this sort of worse though? It probably is. It probably is. I think Charlotte Booth is is not great in it, and the effects. It was in that kind of period where the effects were had come a long way but weren't really quite there yet so there's some pretty uh, shoddy CDR I mean it's not terrible but some pretty shoddy stuff um, my, my thing is I, I've never been a huge fan of Indiana Jones films anyway I, I, I mean I've seen them they're good but I don't love them um, so I, I've always said there's not a lot wrong with this that isn't also wrong with the other ones there's all, all kinds of nonsense goes on in Indiana Jones films and um, on, on the aliens the, the, the argument behind the aliens was I think the, the Indiana Jones films are supposed to be this kind of homage to the, the pulp films of the, I guess, 30s, 40s, um, when people were fighting Nazis and stuff, and that's what that's what they did. Uh, and they're saying, well, okay, now it's an homage to the films of the 70s when they were fighting aliens. And I, I quite like that concept of um, of updating it, but still keeping it in the past. But, yeah, I feel people hate this film. Kate Blanchett's bad in it as well, I suppose. Um, uh, Okay, here's one that might be the the worst fourth film. Um, well, I know it's not as bad as Batman and Robin, but um, uh, the fourth in the X Men franchise uh, was X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, so I'm going for a franchise here rather than so it's not a direct sequel to the others, but um, obviously in fact it's not a sequel at all; it's a prequel. So we already had the first uh, three X-Men films. They've they, they have all gone down very well, apart from the third one. So the first two have gone down great. The third one had done well, but I think got a lot of criticism because um, Brian Singer left and Brett Ratner had taken over. Yep. Um, the, the good people at Fox are trying to work out what they wanted to do now with the franchise. Uh, do they want a fourth one, or do they want to go in a different direction? And they thought, hey, let's do a whole series of Origins films. Um, they had X-Men Origins Wolverine. Obviously, they, they had X-Men Origins Magneto lined up. Um, I think they may be thinking about doing a Professor X one as well. Um, obviously none of those happened although X-Men Origins Magneto kind of became first class a lot of the stories is in that um, but Wolverine was the big the big breakout star everyone loves Wolverine what could possibly go wrong apparently um, everything basically pretty much everything yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I didn't know the comics at all so I wasn't outraged by Deadpool because I'd never heard of Deadpool but if anyone even slightly liked Deadpool at all uh, they hated what was happened to him in it this. was awful though it was awful for Deadpool honestly um, it, it was I believe the acting debut of Will I Am and possibly the last film of Will <laughs> I Am he started as a weird teleporting guy who I'm not sure has been in the comics before oh really okay no 
Um, is it Monaghan? Can. Dominic Monaghan as the guy who can control electronics he's which I don't it. think is in the comics either no. I've got to say they, they, particularly X, X3 as well but they, they just made up a whole load of weirdly specific or useless mutants it was there's a brief cameo of Emma Frost as well oh was it as a sister of uh, oh, Wolverine's of course wife was. yes um, Lynn Collins who I was um, she was big for a bit but she did well I think she was going to be the next big thing and then she did this and she did John Carter and a couple of other things and um Faded from uh, from the, the the big roles. Although I think she's a good actress. She's done some good stuff. Uh, played his love interest. Um, that that's why he got the name Wolverine. Apparently, from her saying, telling some story about a Wolverine or something. Right. Um, I think Hugh Jackman's good in it. Uh, the effects are embarrassingly bad. Uh, <laughs> somehow worse than X X Men One. Um, but it's it's one of those things that it's like let's find out how we got his jacket. Let's find out how we got the name Wolverine let's find out how he did this and it's like, okay fine just tell, tell the story we're interested in uh, so I think uh, I don't think you'll disagree with me as I want to say uh, is the, the worst of the first four X-Men no I definitely films. it's Al- awful although is it the is it the worst ever I, I still think the Wolverine is worse just because it's so boring um, you could make an argument that Apocalypse is worse but probably not it is you think so uh, well Apocalypse is pretty bad. Yeah, uh, I hate the Dark Phoenix as well so much. I thought Dark Phoenix wasn't as bad as Apocalypse, but they, uh, I think Wolverine's the worst though. Wolverine is very bad. <laughs> like even now, like I don't remember much of the film, but I still remember parts of it is which are so awful. That's the only bit I remember. It was so bad. Well, at least uh, we got Logan right, to send him off. Um, yeah, Logan's great. Very much just watch Logan. Um, I might just talk about the Harry Potter one. Alright, so there you go. That's that's not the final one. No, but at least you, you, I, I know. You're going, off, you're going off script now, eh? I know, a little bit. <laughs> it's not like I written a script or anything. <laughs> uh, Harry, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, the fourth book of the series and the fourth Harry Potter film. Um, obviously, I think by this time, the, the young actors are finally coming into their roles. I think at the beginning, in the, the first two films, um, they were still young and very, very new to acting. So they weren't particularly the best uh, when yeah. it comes to um, you know building those characters up but I think around like the third fourth film because there was a change in directors as well because uh, Chris Columbus left uh, after the second film I think Alfonso Cuaron came over to talk, take over the third film so there yep. was a distinct yep. change in tone of the film as well it became a lot darker and obviously the books became a lot darker as well but even even so um, the third third film especially was a huge distinct change in tone mm. compared to the first yeah, two yeah, films yeah. and I think it carried on uh, from then on as well like the fourth film and moving forward and was obviously it, was it David Yates the fourth one? yeah I think so it's David Yates I think he directed most of the later films as well. yeah 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 mm, yeah and he carried on throughout the rest of the series and obviously, Fantastic uh, Beasts I think he does as well and fan- yeah and I think uh, book four is obviously the first one where there was a major death mm. in mm. the whole series with the death of Cedric uh, Diggory I am still annoyed that they ruined the entire maze in the Triwizard Cup. Did they? Because in the book, it's so much better. And in the film, they're just dodging plants. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. In, the, in the book, they were like, there was a sphinx and they had to answer riddles yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And there were like different challenges within the maze. And in the, and in the film, they were just dodging plants. They were just reaching out and grabbing them, which I was so annoyed by. But I have to say, I, would pre- I prefer the tone change that... Uh, the, the new Harry Potter series and mm. now, obviously as I said the actors are so much better now in the in this so if I were to rank it it would be 3 and 4 would be higher than 1 and 2 oh absolutely yeah. well, I, I don't even have 1 and 2 on DVD I've got, I've got the rest I think 1 and 2 it's just kind of ooh magic and just you know. yeah, poor acting and, and, and not the right direction so I think yeah I can see why they kept David it's almost a bit like um, Mission Impossible 4 so it's, it's, it's like they kind of figured out what they're doing by the fourth one which you think you shouldn't take 4 films to figure out what you're doing but there you go uh, <laughs> Yeah, I look. I, I'm probably rank this the best of the first four. Um, I think I like Prisoner of Azkaban slightly more. Yeah, it's, only it's, because I hated that the maze scene. Right, it really irked me so much. Yeah, it's my favorite bit as well. I think the fourth is my favorite book. It's the first first Harry Potter I read actually. Weirdly, ah. um, I'm not sure. What, what, I think it was the summer of two. Yeah, what happened? What Some, happened? Well, for, uh, I don't know. If I, I was I was like, oh no, I'm far too I'm far too old for Harry Potter at, at the age of what. 13 or something um, and oh. then in the, in the summer of 2000 
I was on holiday in Ireland and a book had come out and I think Simon had read it and I borrowed it and thought, oh, this is amazing. I think it helped that it started off with, um, with a sports tournament. That got me into it. <laughs> oh. uh, dear. Um, so I've got a few here. That, uh, let's, let's jump onto these. So where they do the trilogy and then they bring it back many years later um, and as a kind of a soft reboot. So I've got a couple of um, soft reboots, which I think still count. Um, so Men in Black International... Uh, it's the fourth film in the Men in Black franchise. We thought they were done. Even the third one, there was a long gap between two and three. Um, but the fourth one basically jettisoned almost everything. I think they, they keep uh, Emma Thompson, but that might be it. I can't think of any other connection. Um, and my goodness, it's terrible. Um, <laughs> it's such a shame because with that, with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, I was looking forward to this um, being a, a kind of the Jumanji of its year, a kind of a great... Um, uh, great soft reboot, great cast, and this is this is going to bring it back, and it's going to be amazing. And it was just awful, awful film. Not funny, uh, not clever. The characterization was uh, Chris Hemsworth was doing this thing that he loves to do now that I just find very frustrating. Um, it's kind of I think the comedy which worked relief. in Ragnarok but did not work in um, in Endgame and didn't work here. Uh, Tessa Thompson just doesn't have enough to do. The material's awful. Rebecca Ferguson's barely in it. Uh, she does a little bit. Just a, a huge disappointment. So definitely, I mean, to be honest, Men in Black Two is also bad, um, and Three's not great. But this is easily the worst for me. Did you see it? I've not seen it Don't because come. due to your very uh, yeah your recommendation basically yeah. sealed it for me. Oh, boy, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a bit. Uh, I've got a bit left as well on all this, like um, reboots as well. Some reboots. Um, Ocean's Eight is one of them. Oh, I forgot Ocean's Eight. Yeah. Oh yeah, because uh, obviously the first three with uh, all male cast and then Ocean's Eight they did all female cast. It was okay, um, but again, uh, it's one of those that there's no way there's an Ocean's Nine coming from that. Because who want a fashion designer as part of your <laughs> uh, your con artist crew and an actress? Uh, I mean. You could work, maybe. I think, I think that could work. In fact, there's some pretty weird guys on the team for the first trilogy. For, yeah. yeah. But was, I'm surprised. I mean, it wasn't great, was it? It was just, it was just quite... It's okay. It was, it's yeah, it's just quite bland, really, wasn't it? Um, it's quite bland, that's the thing. Like, an Ocean's... A, a con job, a heist job, is one of the most exciting films to mm. watch, you know? You, you try to figure out how they're trying to trick you, and they always pull out red herrings here and there, mm. and in the end, you'll just trick the audience, which is one, yeah. one of fun bits of uh, watching a heist film and it just ended up so straightforward it just got really boring it must be so difficult to write now because everyone knows the tricks everyone's looking for the heist within the heist within the heist and all that exactly stuff. and this just didn't deliver did it um, yeah I so said the big twist was and I, I, I never get tired of the big twist was you thought we'd stolen one jewel but we'd actually stolen several jewels oh great <sighs> what, a, what a twist oh, good for you <laughs> um we're running low, but so I'll just uh, rattle through a couple more very quickly. Oh, do you want to rank Oceans 8 in, in, sorry, in, the, in the Oceans? Uh, to be fair, though, the later Oceans weren't that great either. Mm. Like, Oceans 11 was good, Oceans 12 was decent, and I can't remember what Oceans 13 was now. <laughs> so The first Al Pacino film I ever saw, weirdly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so very quickly then, Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace, um, was another kind of that came back from ages off. It, uh, the generation who grew up watching them seems to love them now. But the, this one is bad. It's just really... I've only watched it once. It was terrible. Um, complete mess. Definitely the worst. Uh, the fourth in the MCU franchise... Um, I had to look this up, actually, but it was... Because I had to remind myself. Um, was Thor. Uh, which I think did a great job at expanding the boundaries of the universe. I remember thinking, how on earth are you going to bring a god into this? Into this, And they did it so well. Um, this is actually my favourite of the first four. So for, for those of you who... I can't remember, it's Iron Man. Um, Iron Man 2 and Incredible Hulk. Thank you, yep. Um, obviously, Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2 are not the best loved, uh, but I, I prefer this one to Iron Man myself. It's actually got a flipping love story, unlike almost all of them, so I enjoyed that. Uh, have you got any more? Or you? Uh, I've hmm. I got Jumanji. Yeah, I was wondering about... You're counting Zatura. Yeah. Nah, Dukakaun's Zatura, so it's a little bit weird. Uh, obviously, Hannibal, which we're going to talk about later, because yeah. the, the Force shows, but I didn't watch any apart from the first one, Silence of the Lambs, so I can't really say... Did you watch Silence of the Lambs? I, I, I did. I watched on Netflix. I watched most of it on Fast Forward. <laughs> I just couldn't cope. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, nothing much. Um, 
Yeah, okay, very quickly. Then Pirates of the Caribbean 4, just so tired, boring. Definitely the worst of the first four. Uh, Jurassic World, um, which I thought was a really uh, fun reboot, actually. Uh, unlike it's better four. than Jurassic World 2, which is now on Netflix. Which is now on well. Netflix, yeah. Yeah, that was really disappointing. I thought A lot of people don't like Jurassic World, but um, I thought it brought it back very nicely and it was it was a fun way of doing it. I've not seen Jurassic Park 3 in verse, so I don't know. So I'd, I can't rank that. But I'd say it's definitely worse than the first... No, actually, yeah, let's say it's third, because why not? And Terminator Salvation. Um, so after they've done... It's a bit like Origin... Uh, Wolverine, I suppose. They've done three in a row and thought, well, what else can we do with this? Tell you what, let's make a really boring bad one. <laughs> the thing I remember most is Christian Bale shouting at the McGee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. The guy was in his eye line. Yes. It's a shame because uh, yeah, Anton Yelchin was was in it and he's great. But um, yeah, worst of the the Terminator first four for me. Well, that was fun. Um, we move on, Zijan, to uh, Actor Factor, where we're talking about the films of Paul Giamatti. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, so, well, I'm going to kick off by asking you the question. So, last last podcast, you were saying, I, I told you that I know what my worst, uh, most hated Paul Giamatti film is. Mm. And you say you know what it was. What do you think it is? I think it's Lady in the Water. <laughs> it's Lady in the Water, <laughs> yes. which is a shame because of all the films that I've seen, this is the one that he has a starring role in. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah, which is a shame. But only because this was back when M. Night Shyamalan was doing very badly. Yes. Yes, he was uh, yeah. probably obviously had yeah had the huge hits, and now he was uh, scrabbling around with the uh, exactly, and yes. he played himself as well. <laughs> he he wrote himself into this film. Oh yeah, he he yeah. he usually cameos doesn't he, but not usually as himself. No, okay. he gave himself a starring role, not not as himself, but he he acted as a, an aspiring writer who finds out that he writes, uh, he can change his he can change the future with his writing. Okay. It's gonna be important. Well, basically, M. Night Shyamalan think, feel, thinking a lot more about himself <laughs> than, than the rest of the yeah, audience does. Yeah. Uh, it's just awful, Lady in the Water. I think I spoke about it before. You, you um, have indeed, yes. Not a fan. I've not seen it. But, uh, uh, the, then that's the thing, because that's his main starring role. I mm. think he just cameos in. So he was in barely <laughs> in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I forgot that he was in it until mm. I read that. And he, he was, was the rhino. terrible in that film. <laughs> it was awful <laughs> in that. Uh, he did not I mean I say this it's a flawed film I think there's some great bits in it but he did not get the tone of that film at all that um, was back when they were trying to plan a, su- a Sinister Six, six weren't yes. they yeah. uh, what was that oh man um, and the rest of the films I think are pretty decent actually and some of them are one in general very good films actually so you have Saving Mr. Banks yes. he plays I think the chauffeur for uh, oh, yeah. who, who brought um, what's her name PJ Travers PL Travers yeah. yeah PL Travers into to see Walt Disney um, that's a very good film um, I enjoyed that quite a bit he was in 12 Years a Slave apparently mm. yeah which uh, we watched recently but I don't, was he the, the kind of nice white guy <laughs> basically the only nice white guy in that film was that him was it a Benedict Cumberbatch? Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, this is a running theme of Paul Giamatti for me, is that he's in a lot of films that I'm a big fan of that I don't remember him being in at all. Yeah, that's the issue. That's the issue. Yeah. Um, Fair play to Rock of Ages? I really enjoyed Rock of Ages. I know it got... I enjoy Rock of Ages too, yeah. but I have no idea who he was in Rock of Ages. Uh, he was the sleazy boy band manager. I do remember huh. that. Like I even remember, Alec Baldwin was in Rock of Ages. Mm, he was the uh, the owner of the of the club. Yeah, but I don't remember. Yeah. So um, yeah, when the main guy um, he wants to make a music career and he goes he gets into this boy band. Yeah, the the, the manager is Paul Giamatti, and he actually does. I think he's really good and actually really sleazy. Um, mm. uh, now, do you want to continue from me rattling on? Because I can. Sure. Rattling. So. Um, so let's, I'll rattle through the ones I don't remember him being in um, so he's in The Truman Show which is a fantastic film um, he's in my Truman Show yeah great film great film he's in My Best Friend's Wedding apparently um, where? no where? idea um, <laughs> this, is, this is early on so maybe it wasn't cute uh, he's in Donnie Brasco which I watched recently and do not remember him being in um, <laughs> poor poor Giamatti poor, poor guy because he's yeah um, Saving Private Ryan apparently he's, he's in um <laughs> So, the, if the first film I think of for him was a film called Sideways, 
um, where he's he's one of the leads. I can't remember who the one is now. It's annoying. Um, where these two guys go around drinking wine. It was a huge hit at the time. Like I think it was an indie or it was low budget, but it, it, it was a much loved film. Uh, I didn't think much of it. To be honest, it wasn't that fun. Maybe it's because all the wine drinking. Um, he's allegedly in the Ides of March. <laughs> no recollection of that. Um, he's in Love and Mercy, which is a biopic of uh, Brian Wilson, which is a fun film actually. It's well, fun fun's the wrong word, but it's an interesting film because um, there's two different periods of Brian Wilson's life. He's the, the lead singer of the Beach Boys and a musical genius, but um, had all kinds of uh, mental problems, uh, which this film explores. But he's played both by Paul Dano. Uh, when he's young and he's recording pet sounds for example um, and also by John Cusack when he's much older hmm. and you could barely choose two actors or two white actors I suppose uh, who look less like each other than these two but, <laughs> I mean, they both kind of look a bit like Brian Wilson but they do not look like each other Paul um, well, so has a very unique look as well mm, he does, yeah, he does. and actually he looks a lot like Brian Wilson at that age actually so oh. they, they, they did a good job on that um, I'm also going to mention Sabrina because it's quite a curious film uh, not not connected with the teenage witch, um, but it's a, a remake of the film starring Audrey Hepburn, um, Humphrey Bogart, and I think William Holden. I'm not sure, which is a really nice film. Uh, Audrey Hepburn plays Sabrina, and, and these two guys are her love interest. Basically, it's a bit of a love triangle. It's a good film. I, I recommend that. Uh, they made a sequel, not a sequel. Uh, they made a, a remake um, starring uh, Harrison Ford. And I guess Paul Giamatti. I, uh, he may even he may even have been <laughs> Is there somewhere. He may even have been there as a main guy. To be honest, I don't, it's, it's been a while since I saw it. I can't remember. Um, ah. Poor guy. Poor. And he's also they made a film of Romeo and Juliet a few years ago, which um, starred Haley Steinfeld and uh, some guy. I can't remember the guy's name. Um, but it was written by or adapted by uh, Julian Fellows. Um, it's he quite, was in it. And he's in it, apparently. I think, yeah, in fact, he plays Fire Lawrence. I do vaguely remember that. Um, it's, yeah, it's pretty, considering it's like Julian Fellows is this, this um, huge attraction, it's pretty uh, unmemorable. I mean, as Romeo and Juliet adaptations go, it's fine, but it, Douglas Booth, that's the guy. Um, but it's fairly un- unexceptional. I, 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 I think Hayley Steinfeld's amazing, but, um, but not so much in that. She was nothing to write about. I think well, I'm out. Yeah, and for just the last bit, he was in Fred Klaus as well, an animated <laughs> film which is severely uh, underrated because it's actually pretty good. Is that the one they got Oscar nominated? I don't know. Uh, it's the one with uh, Santa Claus's sons, but it's actually really good, surprisingly. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, Man on the Moon as well, he's probably in. Um, yeah. for, uh, so, uh, yep. of all those, what's your favourite? The one which barely has Paul Giamatti in. Yes. Uh, so I love saving Private Ryan. Uh, I also do like Rock of Ages a lot as well, though. So I'm probably gonna go Truman Show. Um, Truman Show is great as well. There's some really great films. He has started some very good films. He's done. Some, he's, he's done small. He has barely appeared yeah, in some very, very good little films. in some great films. Yeah. Um, just because I mentioned Holly Steinfeld, um, uh, The Edge of Seventeen is now on Netflix, and if you haven't seen it, uh, I strongly. Oh yeah, that's the one you've always been recommending to me. Mm, yeah, so I need to yeah, watch it. Check it out. It's, one of my favourite films of the last few years. Okay. Um, next time we're going for a look back in Oscar, um, and we are looking at No Country for Old Men. So uh, one of the more recent ones, I guess. Well, it's probably more than ten years ago now. But that's also come to Netflix, so uh, we're going to watch that. Exactly. I've not seen time. that before. Yeah. Um, so we move on then to our final segment, the quiz. Um, we have been alternating victories these last few weeks, Ejen. So you pull ahead been. and I pull it back. Um, so it should be my turn now, right? My- should be your turn. In fact, basically, we're just winning the ones that we uh, that we choose the topic for. It seems, but, um, and you have chosen for us Thomas Harris book. So, do you want to kick us off? Yes. So, which of the films did Thomas Harris himself wrote the screenplay to? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and I did see this, but I, I'm strong to remember. Was it Hannibal? No, it's Hannibal Rising. Ah, um, the last film. Um, the Silence of the Lambs. Was and I'm sorry for this question. Was only the third film to win Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Actress, and Best <laughs> Screenplay. Uh, no, we the first two films. Name well, name either of the other two films. Ah, uh, One Floor with a Cuckoo's Nest. Very good. Yeah. Uh, the other one was It Happened One Night. I've not seen that before. Maybe we should do that for Look Back Oscar. Yeah, right. Actually, I've not seen either before. Oh well, there you go. There's two lined up. I've got them both on DVD, so I'm laughing. Yeah. 
number two. Which actress replaced Jodie Foster as Clarice Sterling? Julianne Moore. Yeah. What a great actress to have to replace someone, by the way. I'm going to apologise for this question as well. Um, question two. Uh, in Manhunter, how is Hannibal Lecter's surname spelled? L-E-K-T-O-R? Oh, no. L-E-C-K-T-O-R. Oh, man. That's... No Gosh. idea why they changed it, but there you go. Gosh. Okay. Uh, number three. The name Red Dragon comes from the painting The Great Red Dragon and the Woman in Cloth in Sun of which British painter? Oh. Was it Hogarth? No, it was Blake. Was it? Okay. William Blake. Um, same the book. Parents will be so disappointed. They will be very disappointed. They won't, they won't be listening. <laughs> um, by what nickname was the killer in Red Dragon originally known? The Tooth Fairy? Very good, yes. Yeah. Uh, question four. Uh, the first of all the Hannibal series, Manhunter, is based on which of Thomas Harris's books? Red Dragon. Correct. Uh, who played Hannibal Lecter in Hannibal Rising? Uh, that's the one with the weird name. Uliel? Oh, good enough. I'm feeling generous. Gaspar Uliel, or how how you pronounce that? (laughs) Good enough. Uh, uh, Question five. Who directed The Silence of the Lambs, winning Best Director at Oscars? Uh, Jonathan Demme. That's correct. Okay. They have one already anyway, right? Uh, No, it's three all, and this is your last question. uh, What? So, uh, here we go. Um... Which actor played Mason Verger uncredited in the 2001 film Hannibal? It's Gary Oldman, right? It is Gary Oldman, isn't it? It's, yes! You've maintained the pattern. Yeah. <laughs> um, and here's... I don't know if it's going to work, but the because um, these are all about films that haven't come out yet. Uh, next time, uh, Christophic films that have been delayed from this year. What? <laughs> That's like everything. All right. Well, uh, I just I think it'd be fascinating to do a round on... All on films that haven't come out yet. Oh, this is going to make me so depressed as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, what yeah. is the main topic for next time, Zijan? <laughs> because we have so much ideas, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to list all the films beginning with letter E. We've got, we got 21 more of these to go, so... <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Exactly. See you then. Bye.